Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to a new week. It is Monday, January 3. This is Dwight Beal, and I am here with Brian Reese for the first time. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) Awesome. Brian, you are sort of newbies to Victory Point. Well, actually, we came at a similar time, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was probably two, three years ago that we started coming. So I came in January of 19. Yeah. Is that a- it's about the time that we came, I believe. Okay. Yep. yep. Get this mic a little closer. Yep. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. What do you do? Tell us about your family. So I'm a patent attorney and I worked at Which Gentex. Which means what? So I protect inventions that people create oh, cool. as a part of their innovative process. Yeah. So huh. I worked at Gentex and led the legal department there for about 20 years. Okay. And then left about eight years ago to join a small company that ultimately became uh, headquartered out of Paris. Okay. And do you do a similar thing with this company? This is not protecting people's inventions per se. It's really helping really large companies do more with less. And so we come in and kind of coach chief intellectual property officers on how they can get the same level of patent that they've had in the past with spending less money. Huh. And everybody's interested in spending right. less money these days. Yeah. So they'll fly you around the world to show them how to do that. Yeah. For a while, I was in Europe one week a month Wow. for like two years. It was it was a lot. Yeah. You're not traveling quite that much anymore? Since the pandemic, I haven't traveled once. Wow. So, which is equally bad, honestly. I, I like to travel a little bit, but, okay. uh, but it's been good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell us about your family. Yeah, so my wife Carrie and I have been married for 30, going on 32 years uh, this May. We have four kids, Rachel, who lives in the area down in Fenville uh, with two kids of her own. Ian just graduated from college uh, and is working as an auditor up in Grand Rapids. Alex is just finishing a fifth-year master's at Michigan and is going into renewable energy stuff. Hmm. And Nicole just started Hope, um, started doing... She's in Spanish immersion all through school. Okay. So she's getting a Spanish major. Okay. Um, but she was going into education, and now she's switched to think she might want to go into pre-law. She wants to help uh, immigrants. Okay. So do you have any other Spanish-speaking people in your family that she can My wife practice at home? was fluent back in high school, but then has lost a lot of it. Okay. And I think that's why she encouraged it, because she wants to get it back. Yeah. And she could use her kids to get there. Right. She'll probably be mad I said that. <laughs> Well, it's been great having you guys at, at Victory Point. And, and for those of you who don't know, Brian volunteers up in the tech booth every month or so, triggering the words as you all look up on the screen. So I actually view the projection operator as a worship leader. You know? I try to. Yeah, you view it that way as well. I do. I, I kind of have this philosophy that if, if people don't know I exist, I'm doing my job perfectly. Right. Because when you make mistakes... I feel it pulls people out of true worship, and so I try not to make mistakes. <laughs> so Brian's a real stickler for timing. Yes. He likes to get the words up just before you have to say which is great. I appreciate that a lot. Well, a couple months ago, when my mom was my guest, she prayed a couple of verses out of Psalm 19 before 
we read each day's passage. And I thought this morning, I'd like to do that. So I'm just going to pray those verses, and then we will jump into today's scripture passage. So Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, today's passage is in Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 6. So, Brian, go ahead and take us through that passage. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Medan and Ephah I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's all right. All of those from Seba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bring good news of the praises of the Lord. This is a very unique passage, isn't it? It is, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Not your typical Bible passage. And it took me a while to to even figure out what's it even talking about. So what, what do you make of this? Well, so... I'm not sure if I'm right about this, but Mm -hmm. it seems to be talking about the second coming of Christ. Oh. um, And is really talking about, um, you know, kind of, at least in in verse 1, this is how I interpret it. I don't know if this is right, but arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I just kind of think about how they talk about in, I think, Revelations, Mm -hmm. That the new Jerusalem, God's going to be the light. We're not going to need a sun. Yes. Um, So I kind of was going through that. And then, do you want me to keep? Yeah, keep going. (laughs) In verse two, it it talks about darkness. Yes. Again, I don't know if I'm right, but it seems like it's darkness in our hearts, darkness on Mm. the earth, sin, Mm. all of that kind of stuff. And his light is going to kind of overcome that Mm -hmm. when he comes again. Great insight, Brian. Yeah. As I read it, I thought, okay, is there a current context it could be talking about? But it it definitely seems like a foreshadowing of the new Jerusalem and of the day of the Lord. It really does sound like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I I was wondering too, like I wrote here, this happened somewhat in Solomon's day you know, when he created such splendor and like the Queen of Sheba came and you know, he invited all these kings and queens from all over. So maybe there's some current context stuff there as well, because it even mentions the Queen of Sheba here. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those passages, like Ray Vanerlon says, it's like you're looking through a microscope of something that's here right now, but at the very same time, you're looking through a telescope of something that's way out there. Yeah. And I think this is one of them. Yeah. So what, what else you got there? Well... You know, it just talks about how nations are going to be drawn to the light and people are going to come from everywhere and wealth is going to come to Jeru- Jerusalem. But the, I had just an odd question. In, in six, it talks about a multitude of camels will cover you. <laughs> I really uh-huh. didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I mean, as you read through the history of King Solomon, I mean, he's just got more possessions than anyone on the earth, probably, including horses and camels and livestock and, and all this, you know. And so maybe some of this is reminiscent of that. I don't know. Maybe there's going to be a ton of camels in heaven. <laughs> Hopefully not. I think they spit. No, they spit. <laughs> Although I saw a camel about a month ago in Israel. They are fascinating creatures. Yeah, we're hoping to go there. Are you? Yeah. Carrie wants to go bad. Yeah. If you get an opportunity, yeah, do it. Will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we only saw one camel up close, and I got some really good pictures of it. But they are just funny creatures. <laughs> the way they walk and anyway. Uh, in verse 4, read what you have there in verse 4. Well, I was just talking about how the nations are, or people from everywhere are going to come. So, you know, they gather around you. They come to see you. Yep. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried in the arms. I mean, I, that's the only thing I took from it is that okay. people are going to be drawn to the light, kind of. Yep. The very first words in verse 4 reminded me of Matt's sermon this last week. Lift up your eyes and look around you. You know, he was talking about the Magi, how when the star showed up, they were looking up and they were looking around and they perceived that something miraculous was happening. And I love how Matt you know, said, hey, I see this as an encouragement for us to just keep looking up, just keep our eyes open. God is always at work. And so I thought it was cool today to see that, lift up your eyes and look about you. And how does yours say it? Yours is a little different. Yeah, so I'm in the uh, NISB, I think. Uh, lift up your eyes round about and see they all gather together, they come to you. Hmm. The wise men were gathering and coming to Christ. Right. You know. Yeah, and we'll read that later. Right. <laughs> As you read this, again, this is a really unique passage. Are there any action steps in this passage? You know, Matt used the formula in his message this last Sunday. You know, as, you, as we read scripture, it's helpful sometimes to think, what? Like, what, what are we reading about? So what? Like, what does it mean? And now what? How do I apply this to my life? <laughs> Is there, would you sense any so what and now what so in a passage like this? The only thing that comes to me is the fact that it's, I believe, referencing the future coming of Christ and the new Jerusalem and mm -hmm. are going to be our home if we claim to be believers. Right. And so it's a very joyous mm -hmm. um, thought, you mm -hmm. know, of what it's going to be like when we finally get to be in his presence. But I think what I take from it in the present day is live like that's your future. Mm. And that's good. Don't live in a contradict contradictory right. way. Right. Live with the future in mind. Yeah. As I was thinking about action steps, I thought, well, if we know that Jesus is coming again, and if we know that there's going to be this new Jerusalem, this new heaven, this new earth, it's an encouragement to me that the Bible is true. From Isaiah, who prophesied 700 years before Jesus, all the way to the end of the age, it all ties together. Even guys who are living hundreds of years before Jesus were already thinking and talking about the end. Yeah. Well, if you, Brian, were to turn this passage somehow into a blessing for our listeners, like if you could just encourage them with a, with a simple thought on the way out, what would you say? That's a tough one. Um, 
I guess kind of repeating what I said before, which is we are assured a future blessing when Mm -hmm. we come into the presence of God Mm -hmm. and work today like that's your future. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Amen. All right. Signing off here. Brian and Dwight, talk to you tomorrow. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.